Hey everyone, I'm Jesse Sparks, host of the new podcast, The One Recipe, from the team behind The Splendid Table. This pod is all about that one recipe that you lean on. The one you share with friends, the one you make when you need a little love, and the one you know will work every single time. Every week, I talk with chefs and gifted cooks from all over the world about their one and the story behind it. We're here to help you build your kitchen library one dish at a time. Follow The One Recipe wherever you get your podcasts. The world is a dumpster fire. I'm Amy. And I'm Grace. And we want to fucking help. We're comedy writers in Los Angeles. And as a reflex to the madness on the news, we're keeping it positive but opinionated. We talk about cultural moments we love. Talk to people we adore. Crushes we have. And self-care we stand. During these trying times, we all need a show that focuses on joy. This is The Antidote. Hey, everybody, you're back for another week. Ooh, I love, wow, Grace, giving us Broadway, giving us musical theater. <laughs> Just wanted to give you some vocal stylings, I guess. I don't know what that was. That was <laughs> but thank you for coming to The Antidote for yet another week, friends. Yeah, and thank you guys for attending our live show in New York. Oh, it's so great to see For the listeners who were able to make it. <laughs> It was so awesome. For those who weren't able to attend, stay tuned to our live show. We're going to be putting out a recording as a future episode so you can kind of experience it. You know, it won't be the same, but it'll be similar. Yeah, but we'd love to do more live shows in 2023. So stay tuned and see when our next one is. Yeah. Anyway, I know this is kind of old, but I guess I was just like going back through our old texts or something, Grace, and I saw the video of Maxwell breaking it down on stage (laughs) with his knees. (laughs) <laughs> yes, I was like, it's uncle season out here, okay? <laughs> he came to make the aunties thirst and the auntie juniors like myself. Because I was like, okay, Maxwell. And the funniest tweet that I saw about it was like, <laughs> when he was like doing his little Megan the Stallion knees move, like they're like, there's literally no song that Maxwell has that justifies this. <laughs> Because somebody put it over this woman's work. And so it's like, (laughs) (laughs) and I just want to be like, nigga, stand up. (laughs) (laughs) But then, like, he, you know, we got all our jokes off on Black Twitter and Instagram. And so he responded, he's just like, y'all could never. (laughs) And so he made it the Maxwell challenge, I believe. Oh, I love it. Because I love the Maxwell challenge. I need to see some more men doing that. Well, Need is doing a lot of work in that sense, (laughs) but (laughs) I would not mind seeing. (laughs) But it really is uncle season, like you said. I'm just really happy that Maxwell is getting his flowers. You know, new people are discovering Maxwell. Those of us who are around the first time around, they're just like, oh, Maxwell, I'm glad you're still doing it. And I'm glad your knees are still good. I actually really love that Maxwell's getting his flowers and all the zaddies. I mean, genuine, he out here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Same OG. And also Usher singing to Issa Rae on stage. Oh, she I'm deserves like, all the songs right to her face. I mean, I do love all these 90s men turning up and also through dance, like dancing is a source of joy. We love to dance. And I know that our guest, you guys stay around for our guest, Ashley Blaine Featherson. She actually talks about the joy of dance in our interview with her. So it'll be really fun to revisit this topic. A beautiful, funny and profound queen. Yes, I can't wait for you to hear this interview. But honestly, Amy, Hmm. we wouldn't need the antidotes if we didn't have something to get an antidote from. Starting now up top with our bummer news of the week. 
First of all, this is an ongoing bummer news issue. Oh, gosh. But I feel like we just kind of got to talk about it a little bit. There's been so much racist backlash over the new Lord of the Rings series on Amazon. Um, Mm. There have been all these trolls. They're like Middle Earth. It has elves and hobbits and wizards, you know, fictional things. But people are having problems with the color skin of some of the actors being cast in the show, much like people are having problems with the fictional mermaid, Ariel, being a different color than they want it to be. So there's an actor named Cynthia Adai Robinson who portrays the queen regent of Numenor, I think is how it's pronounced. Cynthia Adai Robinson portrays the queen regent of this fictional city, and people are mad at her. In response to the backlash, she said, my focus, especially as more of the show has aired has been the more joyful aspects of what this story means to people, end quote. And I love that she's turning it into a little bit more positive of a message. Mm -hmm. She's basically saying like, block the haters, stand the real fans who like the work that they're doing, which I really appreciate. It can be really hard to be brought down by shit like this. But I do have to say, for a bunch of people who are like full nerds watching this stuff, and and I'm a nerd about a lot of things, but fantasy ain't my shit, but it is fantasy. And so it always kind of rocks me a little weird when people are like, uh, but this thing that is fantasy isn't what I thought. Like Harry Potter, like Hermione with her kinky hair. And I'm like, her name's Hermione. She might be black. You know, like, does it really bother me? But I think it's because as black people, we're used to imagining different types of worlds and white people don't really have to. Yeah. And I'm just sad. Like when I hear that quote from her, all it makes me think about is like all the many times as Black women that we're expected to rise above, that we're expected to make it positive. We're expected Mm. to like not show if we are upset about racism. You know, I'm sure, you know, maybe in her quiet moments, she's not bothered by it. But in my quiet moments, I'm continuously bothered by it because I was just like, what do you want? Like, do you want, yeah. you want worlds where we don't exist? And I'm sorry, but we exist, you mm-hmm. know? And because we exist, a lot of amazing things exist because Black people exist. Yeah. And I'm sorry that you want to be in a world where we don't exist, but you're not going to get that, sorry, in 2022 and 2023. You're just not going to get not it. in the future and not in fantasy. Exactly. And so my question is always like, are we still doing this? Like Mm. every single time, y'all do not look good. Whoever is making these racist statements, it doesn't make you look good. It doesn't make you look good (laughs) to your friends. It doesn't make you look good to your family members. Maybe they all racist too. But like all the justification about why, he's like, well, this would have been in Europe or whatever. No, it wouldn't have been in Europe because it is not real. And guess what? We were in Europe too back then. You know what I'm saying? saying like That's this whole like fantasy tea. that we weren't in Europe or we weren't in the, any of these places is a fantasy because we were there the entire time. Like I was black. You know what I'm saying? Even like Shakespeare wrote about the Moors. Like he wrote Othello. We were there. We were there. <laughs> so like this whole thing, like you're just racist. Just stand 10 toes down and say I'm a racist piece of shit so we can know which way to categorize you and keep it moving. Like it's just sad that these actors who are getting an amazing opportunity, like a lot of these times, like these actors, this is their first like big thing and they have to yeah. fucking be subjected to all this backlash that doesn't have to do with them. They didn't cast themselves. 
Yeah. They didn't cast themselves. Exactly what you just said makes me think of people who are mad at Ariel and they're like, well, technically, The Little Mermaid was written by a Danish man and it's from Denmark. So shouldn't she be blonde? And I'm just like, y'all are so weird. <laughs> like, I'm like, it's fictional. She's a mermaid. <laughs> I saw this tweet about how they didn't believe that Ariel would be black. And literally, it was so. After all the Africans y'all threw in the ocean, y'all surprised the mermaid is black? Yeah, that's real. And that's by mm-hmm. that witch bitch. Fair point, girl. Fair point. You think we didn't learn how to live down there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's my issue is like, they're using like nerd logic to try and justify their racism. And you're absolutely right. Like, just say you're racist. Like, you're saying all these technicallys and actuallys. And well, if you really think about it, and it's like, n- no, no, no. You're just not creative enough to imagine a world that could look different from you. So just admit that. That's not the only bit of bummer news this week. There's also this coming out of my home state. Apparently, Texas parents have been given DNA kits to help identify their children in case of an emergency. Damn. And I'm like, how fucked up is this? The state of Texas is sending students home with DNA kits so their bodies can be identified in case of an emergency. Today has stated that, quote, the threefold pamphlets allow caregivers to store their children's DNA and fingerprints at home, which could then be turned over to law enforcement agencies, end quote, presumably in order to identify their bodies. It sends a clear message that the government of Texas is not going to do anything to stop these types of shootings from happening. I know Texas is such a red, red, red state, as blue as California and New York are, is as red as Texas is. Um, So here's the thing about this country, and I I don't know how else to say it, is I just don't understand how some of y'all think. Yeah. I really don't understand. I don't. So y'all would rather do this than gun control? Mm-hmm. Y'all would rather send your kids home with DNA kits than be like, hey, how about we don't let regular people have weapons of war? That's what you would rather have. Uh, when I think about this shit, I get so, so frustrated. How do you feel, Grace? Yeah, terrible. I mean, that DNA kit thing is super, 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 super sad. And then, okay, like racism exists. We all know it. But every mm-hmm. time it hits, it's still like a terrible moment in your day. Um, how about you? Yeah, very much the same. Okay, let's get into the antidote. So this is the segment where we tell you about the culture we consumed and things we did this week that made us feel better about the bummer news, which we need. What was your Mm -hmm. antidote this week, Grace? Okay, so, you know, I'm away from home, which is great in many ways, but also sad in many ways. And so, you know, when you're, you're away from home, you pack your essentials and sometimes you don't you forget something back at home or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so what I've been enjoying as part of my self-care routine is an overnight mask. Ooh. So the one I have in L.A. is called Drunk Elephant. I like, you know, just smear that on as the last part of my evening skincare routine. But I left it in L.A. So I was telling my showrunner this. This is the type of small talk <laughs> But I subject my shorter to just bougie complaints like, I left my overnight mask in LA. And so in my other like, abode. Oh, God. Uh, so she's like, oh, well, I actually have recommendation for one that I really, really love. And she's a very beautiful lady and she has lovely skin. So mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, okay, let me tell Danielle, please uh, tell me <laughs> which one uh, you like. And so she recommended this one by Fresh. 
And it's the fresh black tea firming overnight mask. And so I was just like, all right, let's try it out. And it is so good. Really? It is, is it like so a mask, like good. a physical mask or like a cream or a gel? It's a cream. How's it go on? So okay, basically cool. every night I smear on some lactic acid, which is very mm-hmm. good about keeping your skin juicy. Yeah. And then I do some like a retinol cream mm-hmm. or whatever. And then I put on some hydration. But my skin is very, very dry, especially in the winter. And I'm in New York now, which means I'm in heating. So it's very dry air. So I decided to try this out and, ooh, it goes on. It's like very thick, you know. I'm working <laughs> on a show called Survival of the Thickest, so we like it thick. We and like it thick. Um, so I smeared it on and, oh, my God, I woke up in the morning and my skin felt so buttery and they want you to rinse it off in the morning. So I was just like, okay, it's whatever. Gorgeous. It feels buttery now. But when I get in this shower and I rinse it off, it's going to feel like my normal ass dry skin again. But no, I rinsed it off and my skin still felt very hydrated, very soft. And yeah, it was just a really lovely thing. So now instead of being sad that I left my favorite overnight mask in L.A., I discovered this brand new one, which is really, really lovely, smells great, very hydrating. So, you know, I took a negative situation and I turned it into a positive. <laughs> I agree with that. You definitely did. And yeah, we need to be luxuriating in our skin. Yeah, why not? That sounds great. And so what is your antidote this week, Amy? Well, this is hilarious. It's actually kind of tied to yours. You know, I've been coming through with the real basic antidotes, but it's like when I'm thinking of like a choice that I make as opposed to a thing that I just do by routine or like that's in my schedule or that I wrote down on my to-do list, but I'm like, this is a choice I'm making. This actually has become an antidote for me. Um, During production, I shower at night. I'm mostly like a morning shower. I like to shower to start my day to wake me up. But during production, Mm -hmm. our days start very early. So like my pickup on Monday is at 5.45 a.m. So that means I got to wake up before that. (laughs) So um, uh, my antidote during production is that I shower at night. And it kind of has like a twofold thing Mm -hmm. for me is that A, I get to kind of wash the day away. Like you're moving around. I sweat no matter what. Like you're just like walking around really quickly all day long. You're running back and forth. But by the end of the day, I feel like a little weird. Like, you know, it's just like physically I'm like, I'm kind of like murky, let's say, (laughs) all over. And so showering at night is such like, I always think of a shower as something that wakes me up. But I will Mm -hmm. say that during production, I'm so damn tired. Nothing is going to like, oh, I can't sleep now. So I'm like, I shower at night and then I get to go to bed feeling really fresh and I'm not climbing in my bed all grimy. I'm like getting bed, feeling really, really good. And because it's winter, it's like cool sheets on my warm skin. I'm just like, ooh, I love this. (laughs) And then- I haven't done an overnight mask. I've been washing my face in the shower and then I wash it in the morning. But now I'm like, oh, maybe I should do an overnight mask and then just wash my face in the morning. And that'll still be like a refreshing little me moment before I start Mm -hmm. my day. But yeah, I love both our antidotes, Grace, because they're both so simple and doable, but they are about like kind of like snatching a little bit of self-care back from a busy day. Um, And I just love that they're both about taking care of our bodies, which are the vessels through which we do all our work. And literally, you're teaching me something, too. I mean, I sometimes shower at night, but 
Yeah, we mm-hmm. have to get up mad early, bitch. Mad Why am I not early. showering at night right now? Because, yeah, what I'm doing is like waking myself up like an extra 20 minutes early so I can hop in the shower before work. Because even though I don't feel like it at that hour in the morning, I'm not going to penalize anybody else for that. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to start showering at night, too. Yeah, nice. Well, listeners, if you guys tried any of our antidotes at home, share them with us using the hashtag That's My Antidote or leave us a voicemail at 833-684-3683. And we'll be back after the break. Welcome back to The Antidote. We have a special guest today. Who is it, Amy? Our guest today is an actress, podcaster, and beauty maven. You know her luscious face from Netflix's Dear White People, NBC's Grand Crew, and the movie Bad Hair. And she just debuted the first original podcast from the Oprah Winfrey Network called Trials to Triumphs. She is still basking in newlywed bliss. Peep the pics on IG, y'all. She loves therapy, documentaries, and being an inspiration in every way she can. Get cozy, take your plastic off the sofa, and please welcome the multi-hyphenated talent, Ashley Blaine Featherson Jenkins. Woo! Yes! I mean... I mean, you guys have another career in life. I mean, you guys are going to be hosting the Oscars, the BT Awards, your lips to God's ears. Okay, you know. I mean, that was fantastic. I don't know if I've ever been introed any better than that. Literally, you you are easy to intro because that's how fantastic you are. I mean, everything you said was true. Y'all got me feeling like Beyonce for real. real. That's why I had to sprinkle some references in there because you's a queen. (laughs) Thank you, my sisters. Yes. Ooh, I'm so excited to be here. Thank Thank you. you. We're excited to have you. Well, uh, she's very, very impressive, isn't she, Amy? But Mm -hmm. we aren't here to talk about your many, many, many accomplishments. We are here to get deep. Yeah. Let's check in first. How are you feeling today? Like, for real, not small talk. Is there anything weighing on you? Making you feel good? Here's the tea. I am feeling amazing. It is no, I really am. And I'm really happy that I, you know, last week I didn't feel amazing. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, I did not feel amazing. I legit had like, I was like kind of moping around. When I'm sad, I kind of start like yeah. dragging my feet. Yeah. And like, you know, it's honestly a lot of it's unconscious. Right. But my husband, Daryl, will notice. He was like, what's wrong? And I was like, I don't know what's wrong. And I, and I, you know, I, I'm America? getting better at doing like. <laughs> America has a problem, everyone. America has a problem. <laughs> um, yes. I mean, you know, here's the thing. I think it's all mm-hmm, of the things, right. but. I think I was just feeling really overwhelmed. And I'm one of those people that like, I don't, I'm trying to get better at feeling the hard stuff in the moment mm, yes. rather than letting it kind of seep mm-hmm. in more and more. Right. Um, and so I didn't, so I let it out. I had a good cry good. and I feel fantastic today. It's the first of the month. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, bills are paid. <laughs> you know, I look good. I smell yes. good. Okay. We can time. confirm that she looks good as fuck. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And she looks like she smells good. You know, we haven't gotten to smell a vision yet, but <laughs> I buy it. <laughs> um, but, you, and you know, I really, this month, it's kind of taken me eight months of the year to do it. But this month, I really have that feeling of like, 
I feel extremely motivated to really feel fill this month up with goodness. Yes. I feel deeply inspired by. I love that. I mean, I do think there's, you know, maybe it's the Renaissance effect. We are in a period of like a bad, like a black bitch Renaissance. We are literally in that period right now. I just wanted to say, um, I really love what you said, because I do think that every day that we wake up, we do kind of have a choice. Like, I love how you are Mm -hmm, already like framing your entire month to be like, I'm going to fill this month up with goodness. And I bet because you have declared that you definitely will. Let's keep the good vibes going, y'all. We need that right now. This show is called The Antidote because life is hard and we all need different antidotes to deal with the bullshit. So tell us, Ashley, what is your antidote? In other words, what is something non-work related that's bringing you joy this week or this month? Mm. I am committing to doing hot girl walks every day. Ooh, I need more info about Ooh, what's this. What's a hot month. girl walk? What's a hot girl walk? Oh my goodness. So actually my friend JP, Jennifer Pauline, mm-hmm. who's just one of the most wonderful human mm-hmm. beings in the world. She, so she invited me on a hot girl walk, okay. right? Mm-hmm. This is such an LA story. So she invited, <laughs> she was like, girl, we got to go on a hot girl walk. <laughs> and I was like, yes. And I thought she was just like, coining it that herself, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. I was like, that's what's up. But then she was like, no, it's a thing. Oh. So then, of course, I went to you know where, TikTok, yes. of course. <laughs> and where the children tell us what's whole, cool. Yes. Because <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I'd be like, okay, let me go to TikTok. Um, and it's a whole trend that's going on where it's for anybody. But, uh, you know, this this girl, I forgot her name, but she started this thing called a hot girl walks where you walk. Well, for her, it was four miles a day. Four so I, miles? I oh, it's physically hot. I see. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think I'm do four miles a day because that seems like a That's lot. A but lot. I think, you know, if you live somewhere like New York, you can easily do that That's in true. a day, in two That's days, true. whatever. But my the point is, it's not about how far you go, how long you go. It's just about committing to going on a walk that is not, um, it, it, the, the goal is not to change anything physically mm-hmm. about yourself. The goal is really just to spend time with yourself mm-hmm. and to think mm-hmm. about yourself as being sexy okay. and confident okay. and strong and all of the good things you can think about yourself. And she suggests, um, while doing so, listening to a podcast, mm-hmm. uh, she actually has that as like a, the thing you should do. And I, you know, I did it today and I get why, why the kids are doing it. I mean, oh I feel I mean, I feel lifted. Yeah. I am together. I am gathered. I feel so great. I feel so great. And I think a lot of times, you know, I'm always like working out for like the physical right, part of right. me, you know, and not just because I want to mm. feel good or just spend time with myself. Like it doesn't always have to be like strenuous exercise, like a hit workout. Mm-hmm. It can just be, I took a walk for 0.89 Miles. And you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it doesn't have to be a whole thing. And you know the yeah. best part about it, like the coining of it a, of a hot girl walk, to me, I was like, oh, I want to feel hot, like um, like beautiful hot while I'm walking, um, as opposed mm-hmm. to feeling like I'm working, if you will. Yeah. Because I do a lot of walking, like you said, for exercise, but just to like be with myself and like look around, take in my surroundings, like enjoy my body's movement. I don't do a lot of that. Mm. And now I want to. 
That yeah. that's so cool because you know what I stopped walking as much because during mm-hmm. like the early days of the pandemic we still in this pandemonium and now we got monkeypox okay but we ain't about to talk about that right <laughs> I now but with um, the monkeypox I, I can't I can't but during that time I remember uh you know I was working at Insecure with this queen and um I remember we would have um our hour break for lunch. And I would always, I would eat first and then I would go for a walk um, just to get out of the house um, for a bit. Um, But I have stopped doing that so much. I mean, I love walking. I lived in New York for 15 years and um, I moved Mm. to this part of LA in particular so I could walk to the grocery store, walk to Target, whatever. Right, right. But um, I stopped taking walks for pleasure. And I think this is a lovely reminder that I did enjoy it. Like sometimes I'd be walking down the street. I was like one of those crazy people. You would know what's in my headphones because I would be Mm. either singing it loud (laughs) Or I would stop for a minute for a little dance break. Yeah. I didn't give a fuck. I was just like, you can look at me if you want to. I love it. I love it. But that's the goal. Like, get back to that. Getting back to that. Like, that's what I'm on. And... We're going to do That's it. That's my antidote. I love that. Yeah. Great. Grace, we're going to go for a hot girl walk. Uh, Let's go for a hot girl walk. I mean, I won't make you hike because I know you don't like that. But no, you could go it's for a walk, a not a hike. It's not a hot girl hike. <laughs> well, now, since we're talking a little, just a little bit, we will get off the pandemic a little bit. But you got married mm-hmm. in the pandemic. And I want to know, like, yeah. li- the pandemic was like a testing ground. Thank you. Yes, it was a testing ground for relationships. Some relationships, people yeah. got further apart and some got closer together. Are there mm-hmm. any lessons or things you've learned about sharing space with your partner during this crazy time? Oh my goodness. I I, I think the biggest like lesson is to be grateful for the time. Wow. You know, like Daryl and I had the perspective of like, I remember early on in the pandemic, I remember he said to me, we better cherish this because we're probably never going to have it again. And he's right. You know, I don't know, you know, another time, hopefully we are not stuck in the house again in the same way during a pandemic. Mm. Right? I I, I, I pulled my collar, y'all. I'm like, oh my God, get me out this house. (laughs) You all, she started hyperventilating, okay? Um, No, and but but I'm grateful that I had a partner who rather than lamenting it mm-hmm. was like, this is great. Mm. We get to spend time and, Aww. you know, just do things. Like we would dance around the house or, I love that. you know, like, I don't know, just binge watch things all day that we just don't have the time to do yeah. anymore. Aww. You know, stay up late, yeah. uh, you know, until the wee hours of morning, into the wee hours of the morning. Just so many things that we look back on now and are like, that was a really crazy but beautiful time for oh us. My God. And I think that it really, so much good came out of mm-hmm. it. You know, in the pandemic, we uh, bought our first home. Mm-hmm. We got married. We honeymooned. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we've done so many so many amazing things. And I think it taught us to like, what's for you? Even a pandemic can't stop. Wow. Amen. You know, like this ship is going to keep sailing. This ball is going to keep rolling. And it really is just about how you choose um, to receive it. What was your favorite thing? Like from that time, spending time in the house with each other, what was your favorite thing that you guys did together during that time? My husband, Daryl's from Detroit. Mm-hmm. Me too. And, uh, oh my gosh. Do you know where he's from in Detroit? Like which part? 
Yeah, he's from the east side of Detroit. Okay, cool. Like, he grew up off of Hannah. Yeah. Um, he went to Cass. Oh, he went to Cass And he went Tech. to, like, Michigan okay. State. So he's, like, real, he's a Michigan guy. Wow. Okay. Uh, I went to Howard. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of my... A lot of my friends at Howard were from the Midwest mm-hmm. and, you know, Detroit or Chicago. Mm-hmm. And so early on at Howard, I learned how to, like, hustle mm-hmm. and all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I found out in the pandemic, which I've known Daryl for almost 13 years, so I don't know how this went over my mm-hmm. head. He didn't know how to hustle. Oh. And so I taught him oh. <laughs> oh my in the God. pandemic. That's incredible. Sorry, Daryl. I'm exposing you to all the Detroit people, but uh, I taught you him how to first. hustle. <laughs> yes. In our, at the time, we were in like a little uh, cute, but like a, a little non-air conditioning apartment in Beverly Hills at the time. And so we were just... <laughs> hustling up in that one bedroom oh, apartment so and it was it was just a really like and I recorded us like I, I propped my phone up oh, and we're in great. our pajamas like I have my hair wrapped yes. up whatever but I just was like this is a memory we'll look back on and be like what this is him how to hustle. insane uh, that's so cute yeah but I, that was a fun night yeah yeah, yeah, yeah that was you a know, really fun night I mean he should take you to the car show like the auto show sometime because that's the big Detroit thing yes that, I gotta do that yeah. so many things mm-hmm. I feel like that period in your life like obviously um, I don't I don't want to forget that the pandemic, a lot of people experience a lot of loss, but mm-hmm. all of mm-hmm. this like is about surrender. And you talk about that so much about how to surrender. And sometimes you don't have control. I mean, none of us had control over what was happening. Um, mm-hmm. Those of us who lost a lot and those of us who had the luxury to get introspective and like mm-hmm. really sit with ourselves. And you really got to surrender and have a partner through it, which is really beautiful. Yeah. Um, And as we're like growing now, are there ways that you find surrender in your day to day? Even like the processing of emotions that you talked about, like having a rough month and having to cry it out. Is that a form of surrender for you? Like sitting in it? For sure. I I think, you know, as you were talking, I was thinking about surrender. And like you said, it's if, if you know me, if you listen to anything I say, I'm always saying yep. I'm, I'm trying to get better at the art of surrender. Mm-hmm. Um, but what what I'm realizing is that like there's a step after surrender, right? Mm-hmm. So like surrendering is is giving it up and saying, okay, you know, Jesus take the yeah, wheel, basically. <laughs> but on the other side of surrender, or the step after surrender, I think is acceptance. Mm-hmm. And you have to accept whatever may come from the surrender. Mm-hmm. You can't surrender and then lack acceptance. Yeah. Because then you're kind of in the same yeah. in between, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're still not where you need to yeah. be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that's what I'm trying to work on too, is like both of them. It's like surrendering And then being confident about the acceptance of whatever may come. Mm -hmm. And I do that in, um, sometimes it's crying it out. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's talking it out. Sometimes it's actually saying it out loud. Like, I, I, this is too much for me. You got it. Wow. Like, I can't, Mm -hmm. I can't do this. Or, you know what? I trust you more than I trust myself. Mm -hmm. So please, you know, order my steps. Sometimes it's that. Mm -hmm. Um, but I just, it, you know, honestly, surrender is a muscle. Mm-hmm. It's a muscle, it's a muscle. Yeah. that we all have to work. And the process of surrender, I really think like in our work, in our business, I think it's so 
important to have that kind of perspective because there's so much that we cannot control. You know, you cannot control Mm. like who green lights your stuff or you can't control like when you go into an audition, whether um, you're going to get it or not. But like that act of surrendering, knowing that you're going to be okay, or like that you're giving it over to a higher power to help you deal with it like that. um, I think it's so important rather than trying to control everything because um, we and our human powers cannot. We cannot control everything. We just can't. Can't do it. No. Have you taken any good trips recently now that we're getting back outside? Oh my gosh. So I just uh, got back from Austin, Texas. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. I love Austin. Uh, do you? It's not the <laughs> I don't really Okay, well, here's, here's what I'm going to say. Here's what I'm going to say. I'm from Texas. I'm from Dallas. <laughs> okay. And okay. Austin is like the, to me, it's the best parts of Dallas and with a little bit of California sprinkled in. So that's okay. why I like Austin. But I'm curious, what's your take on it? I mean, I don't want you to like slam the city. <laughs> well, no, no, no. I'm not going to slam the city. I, my first time going was in, ooh, 2017. Mm-hmm. We actually premiered Dear White People there. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. So that was my first time there at South, South by Southwest. And then I went, I just went this past weekend on a, uh, my 15, and my 15 year anniversary trip with my line sisters. Yes. My, um, AKA yeah, line mm-hmm. sisters. So, so it was amazing because I was with, some of my favorite people on the face of the planet. Okay. And we just had a good time. We're always going to make a good time wherever we go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I did that. I've actually been traveling a ton this year. Uh, I was in New York in May. Mm-hmm. And like New York, I just... That's Grace's city. New York makes me feel... Uh, I could cry thinking about New York. Oh, Something about New York thank is you, just Ashley. City. <laughs> I love that city. New York... Is I literally would wake up like, good morning, New York. <laughs> like, I just was like, I was skipping down the street. It was raining. And I was just like, I was like that, um, that video of Drew Barrymore in the rain. Yes, Have you guys seen yes. It? We're I just guess. like, that's what I look like. <laughs> and I under, everyone's like clowning her for it. But I'm like, no, no I me. understand why she felt like that. So uh, I was in New York and then, um, yeah, but I mean, I've been to New York many times, but something about this last trip, I was there for work, but I kind of made it into like play I and I just fell in love with New York all over yeah, again. New York is kind yeah. of like one of those places where like I lived there for 15 years before I moved to L.A. And New York was kind of those one of those places like I would still like 10, 12, 13, 14, 15 years in. I would just be walking down the street and I'd like look up and see like the Chrysler building all lit, and, lit up. And I was like, wow, I'm here. You know, I did it. Mm. I made it here. You know, it's mm. like it, there's there's always just such a special energy that's there. Um, so I completely get it. And New York in the you mean, rain. You mean you don't crazy. do that well, on the 405? I have a question. Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to say, do you ever feel like that in LA? I was going to say, you don't do, you, you don't do yeah. that on the 405 when you're in traffic? Have you had the feeling of like, I'm here, I've made it. Like, do I you do. Have that I mean, it's just a different feeling. I mean, like New York just has like things that you can look at. Whereas LA, sometimes when I am like, you know, it's a pretty sunny day out and I'm driving down like a row of palm trees and I can see the Hollywood sign in the distance. I'm just like, okay, you cute LA. Like, (laughs) I'm here. I made it. You know, I I used to always dream about Los Angeles as a little girl. So um, 100% Mm. I do have those moments. But yeah, right now I'm in a missing New York moment. So that's, that really Mm. spoke to me. (laughs) 
Uh, wow, Ashley, I feel so much better now that we've talked to you. Yeah, this has been great. She's right. Ditto. <laughs> uh, it's still 2022 um, and it's doing 2022 things, but we feel so much better now that we've chatted with you today. Yes. Yes. Do you have anything coming up you want to tell us about? Anything you'd like to plug? It can even be something you just love, not something you created. Oh my goodness. Well, obviously I have my podcast, new episodes every Monday. Yes. Um, anywhere you listen to podcasts, Trials to Triumphs. And last but not least, where can people find you on the internet? Oh, yes. You can find me at Ashley Blaine, B-L-A-I-N-E. Um, and Ashley spelled the original way. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, <laughs> <laughs> on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Ashley. This has been great. Talk to you thank soon. Thank you so much, thank Ashley. You. <laughs> I adore you too. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Bye. Okay, to close us out, we're doing our creative tap-in, which is our segment about creativity. Amy, are you ready for this week's quote? As ready as I'll ever be. Okay, here we go. A creative life is an amplified life. That is by Elizabeth Gilbert. I'll say it one more time. A creative life is an amplified life. Elizabeth Gilbert. Okay. Uh, I love Elizabeth Gilbert. She's the author of Big Magic, mm-hmm. right? We both yeah, love, that. I love yeah, that book. book. Yeah, really we both book. love that book. You told me about it. That's why I read it. it was, you recommended it to me. So I'm a, mm-hmm. I'm a Liz Gill fan because mm-hmm. of you. Um, and... I'm going to get a little literal on the quote. Amplified is like to increase the volume of, turn something up. Mm -hmm. So creative life is a life that's been turned up a notch. Um, Mm -hmm. And I agree with that. And I I don't think it means having a creative career. Like you don't have to have a creative career to have a creative life. Mm -hmm. It's just how you creatively put things in your life, like what you do to express yourself creatively and to live creatively and to um, switch up your routine every now and then. It's going to like, change, you know, raise the volume, raise the vibration on your mm-hmm. life. Um, so I I think that is a very simple, like simply put quote, but being creative raises your vibration is sort of how I am reading it. And I believe that is true. I strive to be creative even beyond writing mm-hmm. however I can, even if not every day, weekly, um, to try and just like keep my vibration high. And so I'm going to remember that, Liz. Uh, what about you, Grace? What does it make you think? Uh, Well, it makes me think about how often as writers, um, what we do is notice and amplify, you know? Oh, so we so we notice things that are going on in front of our eyes, in front of the world, you know, so I might walk down the street and just see like a guy or a, or a girl like me dancing by herself, (laughs) twerking to Beyonce down the street. Um, and I make a character out of that. I'm just like, oh, why is she dancing? Who is she? Where is she from? Is she happy? Yeah. Is she sad? Is she dancing it out because, um, you know, something sad happened in her life? Or is she just so joyously happy that she's dancing down the street? Like, so I think our job as artists at times is to take the things that happen in our lives, the things that we see, the things that we experience, and we amplify them to make art. Um, So it makes me think of that, but it also makes me think of how blessed I feel to uh, have creativity in my life. Yeah. Because I feel like because I have creativity in my life, there are so many 
things that I can process, good or bad, through the lens of my creativity. Mm-hmm. Like, even if I have a really bad experience, if I have a bad date, which I often did in New York, uh, I was always on some bad date. Some man was ruining my day. But at the <laughs> even in the midst of it, I would be like, you know what? This is a character. You know what? I'm going to put this in something I write someday. So even though, even when the bad things happen to me, I have the gift of being able to process it through my art. So when I hear creativity, uh, a creative life is an amplified life. um, It just makes me think of, of all the ways that I can use what happens to me, good or bad, to, um, to amplify, to create something that, people can find some sort of relatability in because, you know, we always say um, in writing that the specific is universal. Um, So um, the things that happen in our everyday lives, um, if we can get specific, there's often people who can relate to it on some level, even if it's not exactly. So, um, So, yeah, that's what it kind of makes me think about about the gift of being able to process trauma and joy through the lens of uh, creativity. It was a simple quote, but I really love both our interpretations of it. Uh, Me too. Thanks for listening to The Antidote. We hope this injected a little bit of joy into your week. I know it did mine. How about you, Amy? I feel good, girl. We should do this again sometime. Oh, we'll be here next week. And in the meantime, if you'd like to follow us on social, follow me, Grace, at Gracieact. That's G-R-A-C-Y-A-C-T. And follow me, Amy, at Amy Aniobi. That's A-M-Y-A-N-I-O-B-I. And follow the show at The Antidote Pod. That's the with two E's. If you like feeling good about yourself, please subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Goodbye. And next time you're out for a walk, twerk it out a little bit. Ow. The Antidote is hosted by us, Amy Aniobi and Grace Edwards. The show's production team includes senior producer Sierra Spragley-Ricks and associate producer Jess Penzetta. Our executive producer is Erica Krauss and our editor is Erica Janik. Sound mixing by Alex Simpson. Digital production by Miju Sayuni. Talent booking by Marion Ways. Our theme music was composed and produced by TT the Artist and Cosmo the Truth. APM Studio Executives in Charge are Chandra Kavati, Alex Shaffert, and Joanne Griffith. Concept created by Amy Aniobi and Grace Edwards. Send us your antidotes at antidoteshow.org. And remember to follow us on social media at The Antidote Pod. That's the with two E's, y'all. The Antidote is a production of American Public Media. What, what? What?